0: learning and growing in God. So pull up a chair and grab a cup of coffee, or in my case, tea, and join us as we
1: fellowship. This week, we wanted to kind of talk about walking in the light, living this light out. Like, what does it really mean to live this light out, walk this light out, being the light of the world? Last time, we talked about what it really means to be a light, that most importantly, The light is not coming from you, right? You are not the source of the light. Jesus Christ is the true light. When the Lord is calling us the lights of the world, he's more so talking to our reflectiveness, our ability to be able to reflect the light so that people are getting the same thing as if they were looking right at the sun, right? One of the amazing things about light that we discovered was um, the reason why we can see everything around us in this realm, in this world, in this earth, is because the earth is set up almost like a reflective mirror. That everything in this realm has the ability to reflect the light that it's being shown on. So, if the sunlight, the reason why you can see on earth is because the earth is designed to reflect the sun. When you look at the ocean, sometimes you catch it at the right angle, you can see the sky. In contrast, if you go in outer space, it's dark. Well, how is it dark in outer space when the sun is there? The reason why is because there are not enough elements close enough together in space to reflect the sun's light, which is why it is dark. So then what does that call us to? What is the Lord saying, you are the light of the world? What does that mean? Well, we are called to reflect Christ in the same way that the world is gross darkness. There's spiritual darkness in this world, in this realm. So though we can see everything physically, Spiritually, it's a different thing. The Bible tells us over and over again, this world is dark and twisted. Paul said we are in a twisted generation. So how are we supposed to see the Lord, see his light and see his goodness without us being the reflective tools that he's put in the earth to reflect the glory of Jesus Christ? So this is the importance of us uh, being who we say we are, being who the Lord called us to be. Because the only way they'll be able to see Jesus is through our reflection, right? So it's Christ through us, in us, that they'll be able to see who God really is, all right? So that's, that's kind of what we talked about last week, being uh, Christ being a true light. This week, I wanted to kind of focus on uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And then we can go there, 2 Corinthians chapter 4.
0: So 2 Corinthians chapter four, starting at the first verse, this is the new revised standard version. It says, therefore, since it is by God's mercy that we are engaged in this ministry, we do not lose heart. We have renounced the shameful things that one hides. We refuse to practice cunning or to falsify God's word, but by the open statement of the truth, we commend ourselves to the conscience of everyone in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Mm -hmm. For we do not proclaim ourselves. We proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your slaves for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Keep going. Yeah, yeah the seven. But we have this treasure in clay jars so that it may be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us.
1: Amen. Amen. So thank God for his word. All right. Now, now this, this this particular scripture, we've probably heard the next few verses, you know, um, as far as we are afflicted every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted. We've heard that before. But I thought it would be uh, good for us to kind of meditate on the first part of that uh, very familiar passage today to kind of look at the relationship between our abilities and God's. Because I think it's very easy for us when we're walking with the Lord or when we are, you know, trying to live this thing out. And we constantly say this for us to forget that we are reflectors and we're not the source. Right. Um, And in this dichotomy that we have where we have to wrestle with, you know, my role and God's role and what I'm doing and what, what God has called me to do. We can get a very good lesson as far as how light works in itself. So let's look at the first verse. The first verse says, therefore, since it is by God's mercy that we are engaged in this ministry, we do not lose heart. Okay. now, this is one of the toughest things. Right. And this is a reality that I think a lot of us have to come to grips with that. And most of us probably have already related to this fact that when you coming to the light of Christ, the knowledge of the Lord, doesn't mean that your life is going to be perfect. It doesn't mean that everything is going to go smooth. It, it doesn't mean that when just because you've got the Lord on your side, you're not going to have no problems or you're not going to ever question what God is doing in your life. I think that's a, that's a, that's a reality that I think all of us need to kind of um, refocus because it's very easy to get into that role of, you know, uh, blaming yourself because of things that have happened or didn't happen in your life. Um, taking on more responsibility for your relationship with God than God has called you to. Um, you tend to start leaning on steering the relationship rather than just submitting to God and allowing him to exalt you in in due time so these are frustrations that will cause us to lose heart right it's amazing how we start this with the gritty truth and I think you know the reason why I love this first verse is it starts with therefore meaning it's a continuation from something else so that's an encouragement for us to jump in and read the third chapter so we can see what the therefore is about but Obviously, it's really saying that it's because of God's mercy that we are even connected to Christ. Right. It's because of God's mercy that we can even reflect the light of God. It is because of God's mercy that we can even have a right relationship with God in the first place. And I think to start there is really what the purpose is, because the thing about light, which is very dangerous, is if God is calling you light. Light is also synonymous with attention and glory. And it's very easy to get confused by where the source is really coming from. Many of us who have been in church settings or, you know, been in certain situations where we know God has used us, God has spoken through us, God has used us, and even without, you know, God using you, some humanitarian people, it's very easy for pride to jump in and make you feel like you're the source. Of all this glory that be, could be coming from you, so Paul starts us out to the Corinthians. He's basically saying, "Listen, first of all, therefore, the only reason why we have this these gifts and this mercy, this this mercy to give and this 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 grace on us and this light to show, is because of God, and it's because of God's mercy, and because of God's mercy, we will not lose heart when it gets tough, right? So this is speaking to a resilience, a radiance that is." Um, perpetuated by an understanding of God's mercy over your life. All right? So that now understanding God's mercy, and we're still talking about light. It's going to come together towards the end. When you're talking about God's mercy, right, God's mercy is not a permission slip for us to do what we want to do. We got to make that clear, right? Like, because you get away with it, you know, doesn't mean that God didn't see it or he's winking at it like, good. Because the understanding of God's mercy causes you to renounce things that you know is taking advantage of that mercy. Mm -hmm. See, now in in order for, now now, this is why we're talking about this is because the clearer and purer the reflective surface is, is the clearer picture the people are gonna get of the light source. If you have a dirty mirror, you're not gonna be able to see a clear picture even of yourself. And if we are called to be the reflections of God's glory in the earth, we have to have number one, an understanding and appreciation of God's mercy, right? And then number two, we have to also check ourselves every now and then and make sure that our mirrors are clean. We said this last week. Some of us may be the only introduction to Christ that people may see. They, they won't, they're not, they not coming to church. They're not going to go to Zoom. They're not going to come to Bible study. They're not going to, they just might be your neighbor. They it just might be somebody that has to spend time with you for a few minutes. They might just be somebody who just looks at you from afar. And because of the reflection and the purity of that reflection, they're able to see Jesus. The Holy Spirit can now work through you and help them to see Him through your life, unbeknownst to you. So there's that calling that we have renounced shameful things that one hides. So the things that we want to keep undercover, we have renounced those things in ourselves and we refuse to practice cunning or to falsify God's word. We're not going to make God's word a tool of division. We're not going to make God's word fit us. We're going to fit his word. We're not going to manipulate the scriptures because all that is doing is corrupting the reflective image that God wants us to relay in the earth, all right? So now this part is powerful. We commend ourselves in the consciences of everyone in the sight of God. That speaks to not just a public life, but we want people to, inside them, think about God when they see us. Mm. That's a whole nother level of commitment, right? And this is where we get the distinction between hypocrisy and real Christians. Disciples of Christ and those who are just going to church or perpetrating, whatever it is. That in the sight of God, in the unseen, God can see us, but you can't see him. So there's this level of integrity that God is calling us to in the consciences of everyone. We commend ourselves to that, right? So we're basically saying, I want you to look at my life because it's real. Because if you look close enough, you're going to see God and I'm living this way in the sight of God and me being more concerned about what God sees about me than what you see. See, if we live lives that are aware of God's presence and God's sight and God's seeing us when we, nobody's looking, and we can uh, live as if God is always looking at us, it wouldn't matter. By default, people will see God because our goal is not pleasing people, And living a certain way for people is living a certain way because we know that we are living in the sight of God. Now, watch the line now, okay? Because this line, you can't do that without God's help, right? So you, you very careful not to get into religiosity and think, okay, well, I'm doing this and putting yourself under a burden. It's more so surrendering and respecting God's presence and respecting who He says He is. If God says, I'm always watching you, then having that in the forefront of your mind and living in a way where you understand that he's watching you. And when we mess up, Bible says we have an advocate. When we sin, we have an advocate. When we mess up, we have an advocate. And being transparent to God, being honest with God. All of this is making sure that the channel by which God wants to use for us to reflect his glory in the earth is clear. All right? So now this is this is so this is kind of where so that first part was more so about the inward life. The inward uh, awareness. The second part here in verse uh, number three, that if even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. For in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Okay, so now this is a question, right? And I think growing up in church, I've asked this too. How do I know my light is on? Like, like how, how do I know that my walk is effective? You know, going through that whole feeling like I, you know, I, I must not really be a Christian because ain't nobody coming to know Jesus through my life, you know, or there's this idea of, you know, I must not be who I say I am because, you know, nobody really is coming. How do I, I don't see the results of that. The interesting thing about results is the Bible says, One man plants, one man waters, but God gives the increase, right? So increase is results, right? If one man plants, that's our work. One man waters, that's our work too. But we have nothing to do with the increase. The increase is done in God's time, right? So that's difficult for us sometimes because we are results driven. We like to see that, okay, I did this and now it worked. I prayed for this person and they're healed. I witnessed to this person and they got saved. I didn't show an attitude and you know the person, everything was peaceful. That's not real life all the time. A lot of times it doesn't happen that way. So there's this issue that Paul is addressing here when it comes to the conscience and when it comes to the gospel being being veiled, right? So this is this is the admonishment here. First of all, understanding that. When you have positioned yourself to be a reflection of the gospel of Jesus Christ, it is the Holy Spirit's job to draw people to him. It is the Holy Spirit's job to produce the results by which his gospel is meant to do. It's God's word. It's God's gospel. It's not ours. Right. We are carrying it, but it's God's. So holding ourselves responsible for the results of the gospel is what causes us to get into legalism and all these other things to try to control things rather than allowing yourself and people to walk in the freedom of Christ. Now I know this is gonna be kind of controversial a little bit, but I mean, it's the truth. At the end of the day, many of us can relate to the fact that I can't walk in freedom, possibly because I'm doing too much. I'm trying to plant water and cultivate the increase myself. Yep. Then what, so now we're stepping on God's toes right? And that's how we get burnt out. That's how we give to the wrong things. That's how we try to rescue people and save people. We can't rescue and save nobody. The Lord saves. The Lord rescues. And may he use us as a tool, but let's not forget, we're just a reflection. It is not our glory. We are not the source. So this is the this the whole point of this is to really try to free us up to just be the, be what God's called us to be and not more than what he's called us to be. That's the trick of the devil, to make you feel like you are supposed to do more than God is calling you to do. What he's calling us is enough for us to just be that. And he has to empower us to even be that. So hopefully that we're, we're as we're growing in this relationship with Lord and as we're coming into a deeper knowledge of what it really means to be free in Christ, what it really means to be the light of the world. The challenge is you're already in the world, but you're not supposed to be of the world, right? So you're not supposed to be so far off and isolated in your own religion that you can't be a reflection of Christ in the world. Mm -hmm. But then you have to be the light which dispels the darkness of the world. So that means you can't be of the world. And this is where I think the challenge, especially in this culture. So when the scripture is talking about light of the world, world there means government system, culture, society, humanity's domain. The world that we see. The world that we're living in. This is what the Lord says. You are the lights, not be the lights. He said you are. So coming into a recognition of who he's called us already is going to cause us to come into purposeful living. Right? So in the case, the God of this world, who's the God of this world? Satan, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers. Notice the minds; it's not the eyes; it's the mind. It's that inner
0: understanding,
1: right? It's the inability to to gra- like I can see all day, but am I going to see that that's God? Like, am I going to attribute? Is my mind going to attribute? what I'm seeing and give me a correct image of what it is. Now this is the powerful part of why this relates to light. Your eyes, the way they work, is your eyes uh, bring the signal of the light into your body. So you're, you're able to basically see an object. But to be able to understand and decode what that object is, that's a work of your mind. So you can be looking at something, but not understand what it is, right? So you can look at God's goodness, you can look at God moving and all this other stuff and uh, think it's you or think it's somebody else or, 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 th- or not attribute it to, to, to God because your mind has been darkened because there's a lack of belief there, right? So the, the interesting thing about light is light as it enters your eyes, it has to be translated to be able to be understood for what that object really is. And all that stuff happens in a second in the, in the mind, right? So how does that relate to what God is calling us to be? Well, first of all, if you say you're a Christian and you say you're a believer, then you have to believe. Because people are dependent. Your faith is connected to the interpretation of your mind. The light comes in. How are you seeing the light of God? How are you seeing the gospel of Jesus Christ? Are you interpreting it the right way? How is your relationship with the Lord? Because all that's gonna do is help you to be a pure reflection of what God's glory is in the earth so that people, when they see you, they see a true translation of what God's love is, what God's grace is.
0: And when I was looking at that scripture, that that particular verse, the sixth verse, what was so, I guess, interesting and falls right in line with you, with what you've been saying is the fact that the first light that's mentioned in that scripture, the light that is shined out of darkness, Mm -hmm. that that God established, that light pertains to rays Mm -hmm. of light. It pertains to the truth, Mm -hmm. right? That he established. So the truth was established in the beginning when he created heaven and earth, right? Mm -hmm. The truth was established with the sun that he created in the heavens. Mm But the other light, when he brings us into it, the light is mentioned again at the end of the verse, that light has to do with illumination.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that has to do with illumination in regards to understanding. Yeah. So bringing light to information or mm-hmm. understanding. So our job then is to illuminate or bring understanding to what's already been established. Mm. God created light and he spoke it, that truth was established from the beginning. But because of the God of this world, the minds of the people that live and exist have been blinded so they don't understand the truth that has already been established. Mm -hmm. They're looking it right in the face, but they don't understand what they're seeing. So it's up to us then to bring in that second light, which is the illumination. Or uh, bringing about the understanding of what they've what they're seeing, and what they've been faced with
1: from yeah. the beginning.
0: Yeah. I see something, but now let's bring illumination to what I'm seeing and understanding. Like you said, mm-hmm. like th- what happens with the mind. Yeah. When you see. Yeah. So I, I said, well, what is illumination? What's the difference between light and illumination? Mm-hmm. Light is the visible ele- electromagnetic radiation that travels from the source of that radiation. So again, the light that's Mm -hmm. established from the source, the sun, from God. Mm -hmm. But illumination is the result of the light falling on an object. Mm -hmm. It is the light that is reflected from or scattered off of that object. So again, the light has been established. We are simply there to bring illumination or understanding based off the light reflecting Off of us. Amen. But the understanding is what
1: we are supposed to be providing. Yeah. Not ourselves, but through the reflection. I think that was a wonderful analogy. And I think we can all see that very clearly as far as the difference between the two. And that no, we are not the source of the light, but we're illuminators, right? And that much more of a calling to put ourselves in a position of understanding Christ. Put ourselves in a submissive posture towards God and say, "Lord, I, the more I know You, the more I can reflect You better. Mm. The more I submit to You, the more I can be a tool of illumination to this dark world. Because You said I'm a light anyway, so I'm reflecting something. I'm reflecting something. Now, if I'm not reflecting You in purity, then I'm actually doing damage. I'm actually perpetuating confusion." Mm-hmm. People are not really getting led to safety. They 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 may be getting led to me because of the glory that I'm a light, but they're not getting pointed to you. I don't want them to see me. I don't want them to get enamored by the fact that I'm lighting up. I want them to see you. Right. That's awesome.
0: The understanding comes simply from being the light being reflected on you. You're not providing the understanding through your own mind and processes. Right. It's simply through them seeing the reflection. It's mm-hmm. like sometimes when you see something as a source, you're like, what is that again? Mm-hmm. But then when you see the reflection of it, like in a television or a mirror or something, you're like, oh, that's just the, the light from the, the window over there. Like mm-hmm. Your understanding has become illuminated because of the reflection of it. Mm-hmm because the, the source itself is just too much sometimes. You just don't, you can't comprehend
1: it. Right. Understanding the importance of studying the word of God, being in community, surrounding yourself with people who actually have a passion for God's word, an understanding of God's word and a love for God, um, that kind of stuff rubs off on you, right? And you'll begin to absorb things that you probably wouldn't have known. Because a lot of this walking freely is allowing the Lord to overtake your mind, right? Not leaning to your own understanding, but acknowledging God, right? So essentially you're giving him your mind because you need your mind to be able to interpret him and everything else. So a lot of times we feed our mind with things that have nothing to do with God. And then when we got to see God, we don't, we're confused. So there's a surrender, not just of your heart, but of all of you, right? Love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, all of it has got to be given to God. Why? Because the interpretation of what comes in, the light that comes in to reflect out, there's a connection to the mind as well. Yeah, I'm sorry, just one more thing because yeah. while you were
0: talking, the image came to me, or the scripture rather, or or thought, love your enemies, right? Do do good for those that uh despitefully uh-huh. use you, right? Uh-huh. So that's a truth, that's a principle that Jesus established. Uh-huh. When Somebody whose mind is darkened hears that, they go, That's ridiculous. You must be out of your mind. Why would I do something good for somebody that has used me? Why would I love somebody that does not love me back? But through the reflection of us whose minds are not darkened, carrying that out and fulfilling that, now they're seeing the reflection of that. And now it's making sense, like, Oh, because they're seeing it in action. And Mm -hmm. when they see, what comes about from doing what the truth said, then it's like, oh, so that's why you love your enemy. Mm -hmm. That's why you do good for them. I mean, it it may be because you win your enemy over. Mm -hmm. It may be because they see you get abundantly blessed. Whatever that is, there's something that where they'll get that aha moment like, oh, I get it. -hmm. Not because of necessarily. Not to say that God's word is there's no power in it, but again, they're not understanding it. Mm -hmm. So seeing the reflection as in somebody doing it and there's understanding there. So I didn't want to take. No, that's no,
1: that's a good that's and that's a real life example. And I think those kinds of examples we can all relate to that, especially that one. Mm -hmm. You know, and and at the end of the day, it goes back to what we're saying before. We can't control the results. You plant, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you water. God gives the increase. And we just have to trust that process that has worked in everything that we see. That's just the way it works. And right on track with that, if you jump to verse six, for it is the God who said, let light shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Jump to seven. But we have this treasure in clay jars, that it may be clear, that it may be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. So jumping back up to six, for it is God who said, let light shine out of darkness. There is an allowing. there. He didn't say make light shine. He said let. Why? Because light wants to shine. And if something is a reflective surface, it wants to reflect. It's going to reflect either way. But there's another level of allowing that God is calling us to once we recognize what he has called us to be. Right. For we do not proclaim ourselves. We proclaim Christ Jesus the Lord. Right. That's verse five. Let the light shine in our darkness who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. Okay. So it's the knowledge of the glory of God that brings light to this world. So this is why our own relationship with God is so pertinent to our effectiveness and living this thing out. Because it's impossible for you to genuinely be what God has called you to be if your relationship with God in private and secret is not where it should be. Mm-hmm. And we all know what that means. We all know if we just court in God or we just really live him. Like, we we really know that. And at the end of the day, it's, it's kind of messed up to for somebody that you're, you know, courting, but you're expecting marriage privileges. Like, like you're expecting full-time benefits from, you know, someone who you with part-time. You see what I mean? And it, so so this this is the thing where God is really challenging all of us. If we say we love the Lord, then he's first. It may feel like that's a separate thing, but that is so paramount to us being able to understand and appreciate the glory of God that has been shown on our hearts first. We, was, we, went, we had the, the privilege of going to you know, the uh, Durham Rescue Mission and I, I I want so bad to have John come and share his testimony. When I heard this man share his testimony, and it was like five minutes, if that, I was almost moved to tears because there was a tangible understanding and appreciation and revelation of the glory and grace of God that was bestowed upon his heart. To the point that he said, and he was like, you know, I still have questions about God. I still don't understand things. But, you know, one Sunday I was I was there and what he said, it was like my heart responded before my mind did.
0: Yeah. Yeah. His, and his body, like he, yeah. he got up before and he he had been coming for weeks because you know that's a requirement if you're in the program and you're there you mm-hmm. know you have to come to their services right so he was coming for weeks cuz he had to and he would sit not really buying in like that and one day he said that he doesn't even I, th- I think he said he didn't even really remember what mm-hmm. the preacher said mm-hmm. he just knows he got up, and it was an involuntary response to what was being said. And he went to the altar because his heart and his his you know mm-hmm. su- his soul knew that he needed what was being presented. Mm-hmm. And you could tell it was talking that it was real to him. It and, was almost convicted. That,
1: that's exactly what I was going to say. I was like, I'm not saved. I, I don't love Jesus the way I should. I, I, don't, I don't, because this man, he, he, he don't have the knowledge that we have. He didn't go to no Bible school and seminary. He didn't, he didn't take no Sunday school classes. He heard a message of the gospel, and the gospel changed his heart. And now, all he's doing is, from his appreciation of the light that was shown on his heart, he's just sharing his testimony. Right. He's just being the light that he was called to be, and it's coming out of him. To the point that he doesn't even realize the fact that we talk about him today. And because of his testimony and his, his humility, God is using his story to help free other people mm-hmm. and encourage people who have been in this walk for some time. So may the freshness of how God's grace is shown on your heart and um, the light of his glory and his mercy over you never grow stale. So that we can in purity reflect the goodness of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And this is where we're going to kind of wrap it up here. Okay, But we have this treasure in clay jars. Here's a reminder. We are clay jars. Fragile. Dirt. Insignificant. But in the hands of God, very significant. In the hands of God, priceless. In the hands of God, a masterpiece. Not only because we're in God's hand, but because of what he has put in us. Because of what he has preordained each and every one of us to be. So that it may be clear, right? So the treasure inside of us, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the knowledge of God, the relationship with the Lord, the glorious grace that is shown on our hearts and our recognition and awareness of that is supposed to make it clear to everyone that it ain't us, that it's God. So in our commonality with each other as lights in this dark world, God is calling us to be a clear indication that it's not me, it's God. Well, how are you able to forgive? It's not me, it's God. How did you turn away from that? It's not me, it's God. Now, how'd you have the ability to to love your enemy? It's not me, it's God. How'd you turn your life around? It's not me, it's God. And what that does is that makes it possible for other people to see that it's God that can work through them too. And I think that's gonna help us to be able to, even the playing field, for people to be able to see their need for God. And their need for God is not predicated on how many church services you went to. It's not predicated on how many Bible verses you know. Is predicated on the clarity of your understanding and the humility that you have in relation to, I understand how much God loved me through Christ. And it's that gospel that he died for everyone to participate in. And I'm a reflection of that, not for my glory, but for the glory of God.
0: Lord, we thank you and we praise you for yet another day. Thank you, Lord. That we didn't deserve, we don't deserve. But yet because of your faithfulness, you've given it to us, God. We thank you. We thank you for speaking to us once more. We pray, God, that uh, we have ears to hear and that these seeds will fall on good ground Mm -hmm. and they will germinate and bring forth much fruit. We thank you for the reminder that we are your reflection in this earth, God. Mm -hmm. And through that reflection, you bring illumination and understanding to the truth that you have established in this earth, God. The minds of the people in this world are darkened by the God of this world, but it's through your light and the illumination bouncing off of us that brings about the understanding Mm. of what you said and what your truth actually means, God. So we pray, God, that our surfaces are clean, that they're clear so that they are able to adequately reflect your truth and your light, oh God to this dying and dark generation, oh God. I pray, God, that you would continue as we always pray to give us the grace for the things that won't change, yes, the Lord. mercy for when we fall short, God. And we fall short so many times, God, but we pray for your mercy, yes, Lord. your continued mercy, oh God. We pray, God, for your favor to obtain the things that we cannot on our own, not for our glory and for our sake, but for your glory, God. We thank you for all these thank things, you. God. And we commit ourselves to you, yes, God. Lord. We commit ourselves to you and what you have spoken to us, we commit it to our lives and we will walk it out day by day. God. Yes. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Before you go, we'd like to give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says that if we confess with our mouth and believe with our heart, we shall be saved. Pray this with me. Lord Jesus, I recognize and acknowledge that I am a sinner in need of your grace. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn away from my sins and ask you to forgive me and save me. I make you Lord of my life. If you made this life-changing decision, welcome to the family. We want to know about it. Connect with us online at www.thelifehouseministries.org or by downloading the LifeHouse app. We love you all and pray God continues to bless and keep you.